Here's a quick question for you. How did you sleep last night? If your battle for a good night's sleep feels relentless, I have the answer. It's a podcast called Sleep Wave with meditations and hypnosis created to help you fall asleep. My relaxation techniques will help you feel calm and ready for sleep with soft music that will help you fall asleep in minutes. Most listeners never hear the end of an episode. So search Sleep Wave on your favorite podcast app and find out why over a million people have fallen asleep to my voice. Hi, I'm Alexis Ohanian. You may know me as one of the co-founders of Reddit, but more recently, a large part of my identity is being a father to my wonderful daughters. In my podcast, Business Dad, I hope to open the conversation about working parents a bit. You'll get to hear from a wide range of business dads, from Rain Wilson and Guy Raz to Todd Carmichael and Shane Battier, to find out how they balance being a dad with a successful career. Business Dad is available now, so be sure to listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, I'm so excited to announce I'm collaborating yes, with yes. ARG Apparel on Merch for Brocal Therapy. Now you can support yes, BGT, bitch. look fucking dope, and make this shit a movement. To purchase yes, your order, please bitch. go to brocotherapy.com. And please don't forget, take a screenshot yes, of you bitch. listening to this episode on whatever podcast app you're listening on, put it on your Instagram yes, story, bitch. tag me at Stephanie Megan and at Brocotherapy, and enjoy the show. Yes, bitch. <laughs> Hi, this is Stephanie Hi, Megan. You're listening to Broke Girl Therapy. Because therapy is too expensive. You're listening. To broke girl therapy. Broke girl therapy. Broke girl therapy. Yeah, like whatever. In your actual tone of voice, you know how this works. Okay. Yes. So this is probably the tone that I'm probably gonna be talking in somewhere around this level. Um, I don't really get too loud. My laugh will probably be the loudest thing that I probably do. But and uh, yeah, I'm excited to do this. We just drank a little bit. Still drinking. Still drinking. Always drinking. I've been drinking. I smoked a little bit, so I might oh, sound a little, little mellow. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> I mean, you have to feel the way that you like to feel. Absolutely. No, I, f- I feel really good right now. That's like, good. I'm telling you, I was excited on my way here. Cause I was like, Aww. it sounds really fun. Oh, yay. <laughs> I want, like, when I want people on the show, like, I want them to have fun. Like, even yeah. if they're, like, super high, super chill, like, if they're having fun, they're having, like, I want them to yeah. have fun. I feel like that's what makes the show fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? It just I want you to feel the way that you want to feel. If you don't want to be too drunk like my last guest, Sitowski, then you don't have to be that way. Maybe not that level, but... No, yeah. He, <laughs> he doesn't know how to control himself. <laughs> okay, let's hear that back. I always like a candid beginning. How do you feel about that? That That's so funny because that's how I used to start do out. You, really? I don't do it anymore. Why? Because... You got I professional. Fuck you. Yeah. I just I feel like it's like it fit, it's like on brand but, for me. But this is the thing, like like I said, I went through a weird phase, so now yeah. I may start again with the candidates again. Like right, I think it just depends. I'm doing it by myself now, so I can do it how I wanted. Exactly, me. I think that's the beauty of podcasting. But anyway, let's yes. get into it. Hi guys, <laughs> it's me Stephanie Megan, your host of Motherfucking Broke Girl Therapy, and guess who I have in the house? He's never been here before. This is the second time I've ever motherfucking met him. His name. <laughs> Is Mike Brown. 
what's going on and you have your own <laughs> podcast so i feel like I do. us doing this we were just kind of like working together because yes. we know how this goes <laughs> like you were like checking my audio and shit right now too and that was super cool what's your podcast called tell them about it it's called the art of letting go mm. um started just like this podcast okay Okay, can I tell the story? Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I, like, I love this story. <laughs> so, okay, background story, you guys. I met Mike at an event that I went to recently. Um, it's called the Podcast of Color, right? Am I fucking that up? It was Podcasters. Oh, podca- <laughs> podcasters <laughs> of Color. Same thing. Same thing. And it was, uh, it was put up by Jay O'Connor. Shout out to Jay. He's super dope. I went to his past events as well, too. And I saw I saw Mike and I was like, OK, I was like, he cute. I like the way he dressed. I'm like, OK, I'm into this. He looking real good. He look, and he just had you. And the thing is, like, Mike, you have like it's not even just like, yeah, you're cute. But you had this like energy about you that was super inviting. I appreciate that. Yeah. Like you're just you're so sweet. And you have like you just had this like smile on your face. that was like you're easy to go up to, you know, and I think I, I think we saw each other at like the the food yeah <laughs> and i was like oh he cute you know i was like okay cute you know like you know and then i saw him after the panel was over and we kind of looked at each other i was like hey you have a podcast he's like i do and then um and you were telling me about your show yeah and he was like you know and i was like oh why did you start and you're like you know i um you know i what did you say what did you say <laughs> i remember i told you i started going to therapy after i came out mm. And then it got too expensive. And I was like, oh, he's gay. Yeah. Okay. I was like, oh, he's gay. Okay. Okay. All right. Cool. What up, bitch? What's going on? I like changed my demeanor. I was like, okay, cool. Like, okay, cool. All right. You, okay. It's cool. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's no big deal. Happens all the time. Um, <laughs> I was like, what's that girl? What's good? Um, and you were just like, you know, I was starting to go to therapy, but honestly, like therapy got too expensive. Yep. And me and my friend Jess, who's been on the show, Jessica Clark, what's up? She, we literally like, oh. <laughs> and then I told you about my show and I was like, you need to come on. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm so excited that you're here. I'm glad to be here. I really am. You're just like, I, I can't explain it. Like, okay. In my past episode, I met a medium and she told me that I was a bit of a medium too. And she's like, you could really read people's energy. And I'm like, I can like super well. So like yeah. that was something the first about about you. Like I said, you just had such an inviting energy. So I was like, I, I right away. That. Yeah. Right away. I was like, you need to come on the show. And then <laughs> the fact that you were gay and like unavailable, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> are they always unavailable? Um, <laughs> oh, sorry, my life. <laughs> I was like, let's let's talk about being a black queer. Because you were you were really like open about that. Yeah. And I think that's such a beautiful thing because I mean, it's obviously everyone that knows me knows that like most of my friends are are gay men. <laughs> and I've had a, a, a lot of LGBTQ people on this show. Okay. And I, I'm really I stand by it. Um, you know, I'm I love dick. <laughs> and <laughs> and um yeah and i think that like and i had this conversation with my friend like every single person that's been in the lgbtq community has you know their own story yeah and because there's different types it's not just one so you might be a gay man but you're different from a white gay man absolutely you are a black gay man absolutely and that's in its own its own you know oppression that you go through yeah and I think that it's important to talk about it. And I want to talk about it. I appreciate that. And I'm here to talk about it. Yeah. So let's, let's start from the beginning. <laughs> so when did you know you like dick? 
third grade. Third grade? Yeah. Specifically third grade. Why? I don't know why so specific third grade. <laughs> You're like, it's third grade. But that's like the earliest memory okay. that I had. And I remember like, I remember just looking at guys and being attracted to like celebrities and like, right. like dry humping. Oh my God. I loved dry humping pillows before. <laughs> I was totally there. Did you dry hump pillows? What did you dry hump? Pillows and people. People? Yeah. Like in third grade? In third grade, you dry humped people. Who did you dry hump? Because I like dry hump till this day. Oh, it's because I'm like not well, ready. Well, it's, it's not as much as a, an adult okay. dry hump, but okay. I don't know. I, I was I, dry hump I was introduced to dry humping in third grade. Wow. Why? Yeah. You want to um, talk about it? We can't talk about it. We can't. Can. Wow. About. I've never even talked about this on my podcast. So whatever you. What, okay, here's the thing. Whatever you're comfortable with. Because yeah, I no, did. A, no, I'm comfortable. Okay. Um. So I was introduced to dry humping by one of my cousins. Mm. and uh yeah but i really enjoyed it yeah wait your cousin not 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 (laughs) not, we gotta clarify it being my cousin right the experience of it didn't feel like i was like molested or something right okay okay did he just tell you about the dry humping and you were like i'm interested or Um, what happened i don't honestly i don't remember how it happened okay but it did happen okay and um I remember like he had like a birthday party that was a sleepover or something like that. Cute. Wow, I can't even believe I'm saying all this. Yeah, but let's keep going. Um <laughs> It's therapy. Shit it just like, comes out. Yeah. And it was like hella kids there. Like everybody was like dry humping at this party. Like Right. Yeah. It's like a dry hump sleepover party. You know what? It's so weird and I will say, like, as kids, like, especially how old were you? Third grade. At that age, like even though we're not really necessarily at puberty. You still have those curiosities. Absolutely. You Absolutely. you are still like you're experiencing you're experiencing things with your body that's like, why do I like why do I like to feel like I remember just like touching myself. It wasn't necessarily yeah. masturbation, but like I would touch myself and I would like play with my clit. <laughs> <laughs> I just think like this feels nice. And just like yeah. me watching TV and just like touching my clit while I'm watching fucking like rugrats. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, but I never had the desire to do that with a girl at oh, all. Oh wow! Ever. So you never like hooked up with a girl? I kissed a girl. Um, I tried hooking up with a girl, <laughs> and I, I say try because I, gosh, I think every gay man. Shout, shout out to her for being a trooper, right? Because <laughs> she tried, and it just was like zero performance for her. Oh, I mean, I feel, I feel. Can I apologize to her here? Yeah, do it. Uh, sorry, Erica. Oh, wow. if, if you even remember that, like, if she even remembers that, but right. like, she, gosh, yeah, she, she tried for me, and I just wasn't interested, and I feel like I made her feel like it was her fault, but it right. really wasn't. And that happens, absolutely, that and it's not anyone's fault. Yeah, no, it's not. It's really right. Not. And then, so how about your coming out? <laughs> how about your coming out story? How was that? Like, was your family supportive? Like, did everyone just know already? Like, how was that? You know. No zero people knew in my life. Zero, because you know what? Because I did, I did think you're cute. So you didn't. But here's the thing: I have a gaydar. That's pretty well. So like, I did question. Yeah. But like, at first, like instinct, you're like, oh, he's cute. You kind of like, you have this like masculine energy about you. I appreciate that. And um, are you a top? Uh, you're a bottom. You're a bottom. No. A, yeah. <laughs> I was. I would say you know I don't, I don't classify myself. I would say person dependent. Person dependent. Okay, yeah. so you're verse. Yeah. Right? I don't want to classify, but we're going to, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> but like you know, you you. I think just seeing you at first sight, I guess it's. I I wouldn't. You wouldn't assume right away. I guess. I mean, I don't even know. Like that's the thing. That's that's the thing about like the gay community. Like you just never know. Yeah. You know, like you could be masculine, you could be feminine, but like it that that doesn't. Even if you are like, let's say, a feminine straight dude, like that because your femininity doesn't always classify your sexuality right absolutely so you know it's i try not to judge even if i feel a certain way i'm just like i will i will only believe it until they tell me yeah and anyway. and sometimes you know <laughs> if you feel it you feel it yeah. right. there's like some moments where like that's pretty obvious See, we like the same thing we like dick so it's cool like there's there's some pretty obvious ones and there's ones that are just like you don't know but you're one of those like you could go either way you know i appreciate you don't that. know yeah. It's like either you could be like a femme straight guy or you could just be gay. Yeah. It's and cool either way. most people told me like they never really thought of who I was with. Like they always just thought I was a cool person. So like, yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. That means yeah. like, that, you know what that means? That means you have good people around you. Yeah, I do. I really and that's do. amazing because like there, there's been such a, I mean, I will say one time in junior year of high school <laughs> and I'm such an asshole for this. So sorry, Shane. Um, <laughs> But I remember I was friends with this guy and he was, you know, he was obviously very flamboyant. Yeah. And I remember, and I was ignorant, but I remember in class, in English class, I, I like asked him in front of everybody and I was like, are you gay? And he, and he wasn't out yet. And he was like, what the fuck? Shut the fuck up, bitch. <laughs> you know? And then like, he brought it up to me a few years later. It was like, that wasn't cool. But like, you know, I wasn't ready. And I, yeah. I, I, and from there, like from my uh, we, look, like we all were ignorant at one point. Right. Absolutely. Um, so like I definitely learned. I was like, wow, that's not that. I think that's why I'm very careful to just not assume someone's gay until they tell me. Yeah. Unless they're really like gold star gay. I, I had someone <laughs> in eighth grade call me gay. Like he was like joking, but he called me gay and I punched him in the face. Oh, shit. Yeah. Because I, I wasn't I didn't think I was gay at that time. When did you come out? I didn't come out till I was 26. <gasps> Yo, that's, that's like it's recent. It's like recent, yeah. Like, I'm like a baby. I'm like a baby, yeah. I'm like six years old. Oh, my God. Wait, how old are you now? Don't mind me asking. 32. You're 32? Yeah. Oh, you look great. Thank you. I appreciate I that. I thought you were going to be like 28 like me. That's you fine. You look great, too. Do I? Yeah. Thank you. I needed that. <laughs> I really did. <laughs> but, yeah, no, that, but, I mean, still, that's so recent. Like, what, so yeah. did, were you dating women before? No. I was you were just like I mean, I've been messing around with guys since I was 17 years old wow but it was very like underneath the covers like don't yeah. tell people yeah. like you weren't out yeah okay. like, also we're, messing with like guys that were straight okay <laughs> so here's the thing about that I'm, I'm friends look like I'm friends with a lot of a yeah. lot of gay men and that's an obvious thing um and every single person has told me about them hooking up with a straight guy yeah yeah it's a very very common thing and and the funny thing is i used to be in denial about being gay because i felt like i was masculine and i played sports and stuff so i was like no i'm not gay this is just like a phase yeah. or something like that yeah but when i moved here i started meeting guys that were like because you're from the background are you're from houston texas yes right most city to be exact yes Yes. <laughs> represent but it w it was just different meeting right. people that were like me and it confused me right like, wait if these people are gay that means i'm gay and right. i got really depressed i went through like a really like Aww. deep depression having to accept that right right and i think 
I mean, I think especially like, how is it like being a black man who is gay? Because when people think of black men, they think of a lot of masculinity. You know, um, like, did, did you ever feel like, you know, being black, that that ruined your masculinity? I don't know if that's like offensive. I don't know if that's offensive at all. And I don't mean to be offensive, but like. No, I, th- I, I think. Like, let's be real. Black men are at top of the masculinity pool, whether we like to admit it or not. Absolutely. Because especially it's like, oh, big dick. Like that, that, that. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like you think black men like big dick, but which they're not all big. Let me just tell you that. But like they assume those things because again, whether we accept it or not, we, we put them on the masculine yeah, before absolutely. white men let's let's absolutely, be real before yeah. white men white men that's why white men are intimidated by black men because there's a sense of masculinity there yeah you know and then being gay and being black like do you th- did that play a part i think being gay and being black and not being out for me it was a struggle because it was just right. like i have to play this role and like i ha- i feel like i had to fake being who I was and then when I finally became who I was it was like it was it was overwhelming because I had to actually learn who Mike Brown was because right once I came out I got really into like the gay culture like trying to be a part of it and in Los Angeles it wasn't there for me I mean for a little while it was right you know I played basketball in this excuse me oh burp on the show please it makes it more (laughs) it makes you more human (laughs) I uh I played in a gay basketball league and and it was fun. A for gay a while. basketball league? Yeah. It was like specifically gay basketball. Yes. You know what? I like that. I like that. It but did did you not like that? I liked it, but just to be honest, like since we're being honest, yeah. I didn't feel that it was all the way inclusive. And I say that because if you look at the sport of basketball, it's minority dominant. Right, right. right. And in this league, we were the minority, and it just felt weird. Right. And it the felt benign- like it, minority of a minority sport kind yeah, of thing. Like, you were, like, yeah. an extra, like, even though it's, like, we're all minorities, let's all be one. Absolutely. Yeah, I get but that. But it, it's very separate. Um, yeah. You know, sometimes you'll walk in a gym and you'll see, like, a bunch of, like, the white gays in one area, black gays in another area, and it's, mm-hmm. like feels like high school a little bit right you know it feels weird and um i needed a break from that mm-hmm. you know so when i took a break not only from that but just from like the gay community in general it really made me define gay for myself because mm. uh yeah i don't know what that shit is about right <laughs> no i mean i think i mean i mean i think that's real you know what i mean have you ever seen that movie moonlight Mm-hmm. beautiful movie mm-hmm. Be- I, I I just watched it the other day too. Beautiful movie. Yeah. I th- I mean, I think like it is about a man. For those who haven't seen the movie, it it, it shows different stages of a man um, from his childhood to his yeah. to his adulthood of just you know how he was raised, all the struggles that he went through. But he was you know he was gay. Yeah. And he you know um, he was made fun of when he was younger and was really beat up a lot. So when he was an adult he was very masculine because he was trying to mask all of that he was trying to cover up all of that and i think like i mean at first i thought the movie was about um just black masculinity yeah but it actually relates to everybody absolutely it wasn't just about you know a black man going through it and going through struggles it was literally it was it was one of those things where i think everyone could relate to this where you know we forget who we are when we're younger 
Yeah. Because we're trying to mask. We're trying to mask that because we think, you know, because we were made fun of called this word and that that word. We have to like put up this front. You know, like, did you ever feel like you kind of related to that in that sense? Like, because you I, came out pretty late. Did you ever feel like. I felt like the the later version of in my whole life. So like his, you know, he was like the, not to say I was a drug dealer. Yeah. But I don't even know if he was a drug dealer, but just the way he carried himself. Right. Yeah. I felt like I carried myself very, <coughs> excuse me. Keep burping, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh. I felt like I carried myself very masculine and like I wanted to appear a certain way, like kind of like Frank Ocean. We talked about this. Yeah, we did. Yes. Because you do have like a Frank Ocean vibe where <laughs> like you're like you're very artistic and yeah. you're very in touch with your emotions. And you have yeah. your you have your hair dyed blonde <laughs> and, you know, and you're like very like handsome and well dressed. <laughs> Not that I'm like trying to hit on you. <laughs> I'm okay over here. <laughs> but like beginning of his career, you know, there was a lot of um, cater, especially being in the music career and being a man in the music career, yeah. you know, having to like to make money and, you know, cater to the women because that's where you make money. Yeah, from, right? absolutely. Um, and then having, you know, to like come out and be like, I'm gay and stuff like that. Like, I feel like, are you fake ocean? Honestly, him coming out really inspired me. Did it? It did because it was like, man, like Ooh, Channel Orange. This dude, yeah. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, I remember I remember I was in the car one time and I was listening to a Bad Religion. Oh. Start crying. Oh yeah. my God. Did you cry really? I did. Cause I've been there where like I've talked to strangers about my life when I couldn't even talk to like friends why were you so scared though here's the thing Um, like let's get let's get to the rooted issue here like why were you scared i didn't think that people would accept me because i didn't accept myself yeah you know i i saw this as being negative in my life so it's like everybody sees this as negative you know when especially when you're young when you're it was a different time like we're 90s babies and in the south oh you know the the only the only gay men that i grew up seeing were like you knew they were gay. Right. Because they, they probably had and, on heels. And, they probably had weed. Right. <laughs> like, you, there's, like, this assumption of, like, you know, when you're gay, you're pretty much like a woman. You're right. flamboyant. But and like, I was scared, I was scared to feel spectrum. connected to that. Right. And now in my life, I do, and not to say I feel connected enough to be that, but, yeah, I have friends that, that are very feminine. I have friends that are trans. I have friends, yeah. like, just of all nature and it doesn't bother me anymore but back then it was like if this is the only thing that i see as a gay person growing up this is all i know a gay person to be right it's like i right. don't want to be associated with that right right you don't want to be categorized in one box absolutely like oh because i'm gay i have to wear heels now right i don't want to wear heels right. that's fine exactly yeah sorry <laughs> it's a lot of burping on this show we're drinking a lot of beer um, so one time I had, I dated this guy, this was like pre BGT, right? So this was like hella years ago. <laughs> and I will say that I'm thankful for dating this guy. Cause one, he made my theme song. So shout out to That's what's up. shout out to him. He like, it, he made this theme song like after we broke up, we still kept friends. Yeah. But, um, I grew up in a very conservative bubble. Mm-hmm. Santa Clarita Valley. What's up? Holla SUV. Awesome town. <laughs> And you know, I mean, it's a, it was a nice place to grow up. I'm not going to throw shade, but it was a very like 
I, I, I wasn't really exposed to a lot. Right. I, re- I really wasn't. And I dated a guy who was actually 10 years older for me. And he lived in, he was from Tennessee, okay. Nashville, Tennessee. And he was black, of course. <laughs> and, <laughs> and while I was dating him, he was, um, he was converting to the nation of Islam. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, um, and he was, you know, he was, he really educated me on the, the oppression of the black community and racism. Because back then I will say that I was extremely, extremely (laughs) ignorant. I was like one of those, this was like pre-Trump y'all. So none of this shit was like talked about. So, you know, I was really thinking like, you know, segregation's (laughs) done, bitch. Like we good, you know, like we're good on racism. We accept everybody. And like, I mean, personally, I accepted, I accepted everybody. A lot of people think that though, like. A lot of people really believe that racism isn't that bad until they actually interact with somebody. Right. Like when you when you realize that your friend has been through it or somebody you're right. dating or something like or it they makes a or even if they, they put you in your place and you're like, yeah. whoa, you know, and like, I, I mean, with him specifically, you know, he really he I will say he was the beginning stage of me understanding racism and yeah. like the struggles of what a black man goes through. Right. And like, he, he really educated me on that. And he made sure to make sure he even said it to me too. He's like, are you dating black men because of the fetish or because you actually like me? I ask all the time when I date somebody. Is it a fetish? Yeah. yeah, I have to ask because if you'll date me and you'll date some other black dude that looks nowhere near and not to say that you only date attractive black right. men, but if i see you date somebody that is like where did you meet this person right and how did you meet me right i'm ass right and if you get offended because i've had guys get offended i've had guys get very defensive and it's like why are you so defensive if it's not a fetish i've had guys that right. i've asked and they just explain it to me simple i mean i will say that i got, did get a, i want to get super defensive but i did kind of damn defensive because i was like i'm not trying to fetish because I, I i'm i don't really think like that about anybody you know because it's just like you are attracted to what you're attracted to yeah absolutely um so i was like offended to, for him to think that like i was just trying to fetish fetishize him but you know he did try to just clarify with me that <clears throat> that there's more to it than just dating a black man there's a yeah. lot of there's That's a lot real. of things that come through and so he really educated me on that but i will say i mean he was a great person but again he was older so it's older generation <laughs> i'm gonna blame it on that <laughs> he was also homophobic mm. and he was transphobic mm. and for me i was always like you're 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 preaching to me about the discrimination that you go through mm-hmm. as a black man and i was like as you know a gay person it's getting discriminated just like you as well. I mean, granted you're going through different things. Like, you know, I get it. I understand, but like, it's still discrimination at the end of the day. So I was like, you're a minority. Why are you going to discriminate another party? That's also being discriminated, you know? And that brings me back to being a, a, you know, for you being a black queer, because one, you're being discriminated for being black, unfortunately. And then now you also have the whole discrimination of being gay. Yeah. Like, how do you go through that? You know, I, I I can understand why some black people feel the way they do because the black community and I this is just me speaking from my perspective. Mm. I don't know if the black community feels supported by the gay community. You know, and I cuz I've even seen situations where it's like okay, something happens in the world 
let's say, you know, the Pulse thing, rest in peace to everyone that right. passed in that situation. But everyone was, you know, Pulse, Pulse, ribbon, ribbon. And then when somebody gets killed by the cops, it's kind of like, let's turn our heads. Or I had to check someone, not check them, but I politely told them, yeah. I corrected them. Because as all these people are getting killed by the cops, he posts online, and this is this is a gay friend. Wow. Um, if you know any good cops, please let put it on my Facebook now. We need to, like, people need to know that there are good cops out there. Ugh. Blue lives matter. Okay, that's the thing. Okay, I'm going to go into that <laughs> for a second because... <laughs> It's it's okay. It's not necessarily about the people that are cops, right? It's the it's what they're being taught yeah. in that community of cops. But that's oh, absolutely. <laughs> but I told him, I yeah, said, exactly. you know, yeah. Granted, there are good cops, but we're talking about the fucked up ones right now, right? Exactly. And he got very defensive. And there's and, a lot of them. That's a thing. Yeah. It's not just one. It's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> no, he tried to tell me how somebody. You know, we don't know what the person was doing. Right. You know, we don't know why they were arrested or shot. So I had to share an experience, my own experience of being put in the back of a car, a gun being drawn to one of my friend's head. Mind you, we're all sober and we're like 20, you know, and they, they handcuffed me, put me in the back of the car. And I asked him, I said, so knowing me, what did I do for that? Yeah. You know. Right. It's it, it's so sad. It's so sad. But I. Almost every, I mean, I've, again, I've dated a lot of black men in my life. <laughs> Not on purpose. It just happens, y'all. Okay. Just, I like what I like. But <laughs> um, almost every single one of them have told me about a situation very similar to that. That's crazy, right? And, th- and I will say, I mean, some of them are fuck boys, but they're not bad people. <laughs> I've never dated a bad person. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, maybe they did, didn't agree with my feelings, whatever. That's a personal <laughs> issue. But like as a social issue, as them, you know, a part of like the fucking, a part of a fucking America, like they're not doing anything wrong. Yeah. And they've been through that, you know, and it, that's like, that's why I really strongly stand by the black community. And I know I'm not, I'm not black, but, but I feel like here's the thing. Because my ex taught me a lot about, you know, what a black man goes through. Yeah. Right. And he he straight up told me he's like, it might not be me, but since you are dating black men, like you are going to date. I mean, you are going to get married to one. You're going to have kids and they're going to be black. Yeah. You're going to have to understand what we go through. And like and that's the same thing for me for being Asian American, like being Filipino. Like I would want like whoever, whatever race I end up dating, like. I would want them just as much to respect my culture yeah. and not make fun of my culture Definitely. or like, make, you know what I mean? So it's like, that's a whole biracial thing. It's like, if you're going to date someone outside of your race, you got to really like understand what they're going through. Except white men, but that's fine. <laughs> Except white men got to understand us. <laughs> I had someone I was dating that would constantly put filters on me to make me lighter skin. Really? Yeah. And I told him to stop. What was he? I, was he black? No. No, he was a white guy. But um, I asked him to stop doing it. And I guess he got in his feelings about it. And he told me, would you prefer if I used the West African filter? What? Are you fucking kidding me? Right. 
What did you say? What did you say? I forgot, but I went <laughs> off. I, I, I had veins. Blacked out. I had veins coming out of my head and shit. And he's like, I'm just joking. It's, I can't accept that joke. I'm sorry. Right, right. Okay, so, yeah, it's crazy because I feel like as I'm getting older, you know, I did grow up in a town that was very conservative. Yeah. So as I'm getting older and I'm getting more educated <laughs> and more aware of society, um, you, you you do realize a lot of racism that's going on. And for instance, one of the big ones recently that made me even realize a lot about people, <laughs> um, no names, um, she's, she's like one of my very close to me, but um it's the whole Ariel situation. How Hallie Bailey is going to be the new Ariel. People are like really pissed about that. People are pissed. <laughs> it's a cartoon. Just, that's, that's what I said. I was like, and I got in an argument with a friend and like, if you're listening, I said everything I needed to say to you, but I'm going to say it on the show <laughs> and I'm not going to say your name out of respect, but it's a fucking mermaid. And she did say, she was like, it just ruins the whole the whole story like a white girl with red hair like we should stick to that i was like no but right but it doesn't change the fucking story it's just a black girl now playing like why not why not have that like what's like what what is that what kind of damage is that gonna do to anybody who wants to follow a black girl's fairy tale like people are scared of that and you know what she said she said um she's like well we wouldn't change tiana's character to white i was like uh-uh tiana First off, Princess <laughs> of the Frog and Tiana had a, it was very close to the black community. There's yeah. a lot of like the black culture in that. Yeah. So why would you put a white girl in the black culture? Little Mermaid, there's no fucking, it's not a fucking race culture. She's a fucking fish. She's a fucking fish, bro. So who gives a shit if she's black or white or fucking Asian? She's a right. fucking fish. Oh, bitch. I could go on. <laughs> Whew, I could go on. Anyway, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, shit. I think it's dope that they're using Ariel as black. Like, And what I really love, though, because social media has, has really like made things funny, especially black social media. So it's like, you know, <laughs> I feel like people I are mad about it. Twitter. <laughs> people are like. mad about it. And like we make it even funnier. Like I, right. I saw a video where they, they had Ariel on a rock and they were playing like a Tamiya song. Right, right, exactly. Like I've seen so <laughs> many great memes and it's like, it's funny because it's like, what do you think? Like there was like one where it's like, this is what white people are going to think, you know, Little Mermaid's going to be and it's like, I don't know. Like they're just like, I don't know. It, it's just like, it's still the same story no matter it's what. It's a fucking cartoon. It's a like, fucking, there, there it's are a kids. fucking fish, bitch. She's a fish. <laughs> She's a fucking fish. She doesn't have white culture or black culture right. or Asian culture. And then she had the nerve to tell me, I'm sorry. Okay, she's, uh, I'm so sorry. I'm going off. fucking real. Like, she, she imagined she was just like, well, you'd be, you know, it'd be annoying if they changed Mulan's race. It's like, yeah, because that changes the whole fucking story. <laughs> because that takes place in fucking China. <laughs> like, that's a whole ass different story. But like, Lil Mermaid changing her to black does not change the fucking story. Oh my God, people are stupid. I'm Oh, sorry. I had to let that out. Ooh, ooh. I love you. I I do. You know that I love you. You know who you are. You know that I love you. I'm just, I don't agree. I just don't agree. I just don't. <laughs> anyway, being a black queer. <laughs> oh, being a black queer. Um, Being a black queer in Los Angeles is kind of hard to navigate. Oh. Um, 
Like when I go home, I feel like there is a community. You really? I do. In the South? Yeah. More than LA, because you think LA, because it's more like liberal, there, there, there's diverse. A, there's a gay community, but there's not really like a. You know what? At, at least I don't know where the, the black gay community is at. I'm not gay. I'm not a gay man, so I, I can't fully like talk on this. But from just my perspective as a woman who likes dick, who hangs out with a lot of gay men, I feel like it's all intertwined. But, but we need a space just for us. But, but the, it's necessary. The, yeah, it is necessary because I, I mean, I think it's necessary because there is a lot more. I don't want to say a lot more oppression, but like it's it's a different type. It's, it's, it's a, a lot con- more objectifying. Right. Like, right. I've been places and I've, I I feel so much for women now <laughs> because men can be disrespectful as fuck. Oh, yeah. And it's like. <laughs> Now, if I put my hands on you, it's going to be a hate crime. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> but some, I've had people tell me really disrespectful things. And it's like, man, now if I reacted to this, I would be wrong. Right. You know, like you squeeze my ass, or you grab my dick. Like, that's not okay. You know, right. and, it's, and it's, what's so craziest to me is women are fighting for this shit. Like, right. this Me Too movement is all about this shit. But in the gay community, it's like nobody respects that shit to me. Like people will still do disrespectful shit to you and you'll be like, what the fuck? Right. Like, How do you feel that comfortable grabbing my body parts? I see that a lot. Yeah. In the gay community. And I think because there is that stigma because it's all men. Well, I'm not speaking. I'm specifically talking about the gay men community, not the lesbian community or the women gay community. I'm talking specifically in the men gay community. Mm -hmm. But there is because there is a lot of it's it's men and like men have that mentality of or think that, you know, have that mentality where it has to be all sexual. So it's more OK, yeah. because I mean, I stand by the Me Too movement, obviously, but, you know, it is kind of women have definitely have gone through their issues with assault and all that stuff. And but being a black man is like but going back to fetishizing. Yeah. Because what, of that. how big are you? top or bottom like these are like initial questions that people Sorry, are asking no 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 it's all, no, it's all good are you throwing shade no no not at all no, okay, no i'm okay, saying good, like somebody good. meeting you and that being the first question they ask you it's like yeah you don't even know my fucking name right like yeah so going back to how, when you came out yes let's get into that yes um how did your family and friends react to that um my sister was very open to it. Okay. Um. So I told my sister first, and uh, I called her and I was like, "I got something to tell you," and she was like, "Just say it." And I ended up texting it to her, and then we talked about it and shit. And then I told my best friend, um, and he was like, like he was very open to it, but he was also like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, like is okay. Did your best friend ever like? Here's the thing about straight men. <laughs> They get they get weird. Some some get weird. Not all. Some get weird being friends with gay dudes. Like, yeah. Did you ever have to go through that struggle, especially with like your guy friends being like, I'm gay? None and- of my close friends. Like they really, really embraced me. Like they were that. just like, yeah. No, Wait, really was it you? Was it you during the event where people were asking questions and someone said, I, I'm here with my queer 
best friend or no, something. That wasn't you? No, I was by myself. But there was another guy that said that he had a podcast with his... Uh, Queer. Oh, that's true. Okay, yeah. so it wasn't you. I just get everything. Yeah, no, but I, re- I remember that. I was and like, I thought that was beautiful. really fucking dope. That was, that was dope, yeah. But yeah, like my, my friends, like they were all open to it. They, they were shocked because, I mean, they've been knowing me for so long. But right. when I told my best friend, he was like... I remember he took a breath. He was like, <sighs> he was like, okay, how do you know? I was like, right. well, I mean, you just know. I fuck with guys. Like, right. You told him that, by that like, time. Yeah. I told yeah. like, I, I fuck around with guys. And, um, after we, after we talked about it, he was just like, man, I love you, but you need to go to therapy so you can get like just an unbiased opinion. And he really like guided me to therapy. Wow. Yeah. And how was therapy for you besides being too expensive? Healing. <laughs> um, healing. It yeah. was very healing because it it forced me to deal with my, my shit. Right. You know, I, I feel like I dealt with a lot of past shit, like just from like recognizing like things stem like way beyond me, my parents, like there's right. shit that just was passed down. Right. And like just understanding shit, like even going back, like, we were talking about the dry humping party. Um, <laughs> having to talk about that in therapy. Yeah. Um, man, fuck it. Yeah. This, this is broke girl therapy. So we're going to have therapy right here. That's the whole um, point of this show. <laughs> so like the dry humping thing, it wasn't like a one time thing. Uh-huh. Like it had happened a couple of times. And there was a time where like my grandmother had walked in <gasps> on us. Everyone was dry humping each other. No, like just, just me pillows? and my cousin. Oh, just you and your cousin. And it was like the most shameful experience that I had as a kid. And like, it made me really distant from him because it was like. Wait, were you dry he, humping your cousin? Or yes. You guys, okay. It was like, he introduced me to this. Right. So right. it was like, I blamed him for it. Right. And when I went to therapy, my therapist help me understand that kids explore you know yeah. I, don't, I don't know his experience i don't know what he's been through you, you know, know what, what? okay don't no, continue and i will say something yeah, yeah. so you know they kind of they kind of gave me a different way to look at it yeah because yeah so i mean i initially blamed him for me being gay and through talking about it and like really really talking about it it was like this is who I've been at my core. Yeah. You know, and I, and I need I needed an excuse for it. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And, um, yeah, it was just, it was a very interesting and healing experience and a lot of crying and just, yeah. How yeah. long did you go to therapy for? Four years. Wow. Yeah. That's a good amount of time. Yeah. And, and I took break. It. I took breaks. Like I, my first therapist was this young, Lady Emily, shout out Emily. What's up? That'd be so crazy. I wanna, she's a listener. I, I, I want to have I want to have a therapist on the show. I feel like that'd be so good. That'd be really dope. I've been trying to reach out to some. Anyway, what's another story? Continue. I wish I kept in contact with all my old therapists. Like they were all like Emily just seemed very uninterested. But um, when I told her that, we had a really deep conversation about it because I wanted to switch therapists. Right. I, like, I don't like her. Like she's not. She's not the TV therapist that's laying right. on the couch and like giving me advice. She's right. making me work through this shit. And then we talked and I was taking a break from therapy because I had got a job offer and she was taking a break from and therapy. And it was expensive. Yeah. But <laughs> I went back. Yeah. I went yeah. back 
And I got this white guy because I was like, okay, I want a male therapist now. Right. I was going to like a counseling center. Right. So they let you like kind of decide what you wanted. Wait, a counseling center. Is that like cheaper? Let's talk about it, it because a, it was a lot cheaper. Okay. Um, I, I actually, actually need to go th- like to therapy. To 20 and bucks. Wait, what? 15 to 20 bucks? Yeah. Here in California? Yes. It's a, Hold up. We need to talk about this because I need to go see a therapist because I'm crazy. Do you want me to give the, the place on here? Yeah. Or, give okay. it. Um, airport Marina Counseling. Okay. It's by the airport. It's recorded, so I'm going to remember that and go. Okay. Yeah, no, it's a really dope place. They give you, like, the initial intake, and then they ask you, what do you see your ideal therapist looking like? Oh, that's amazing. And, uh, and it's really affordable? Yeah, it's, it's income-based, income so wow. it's on a sliding scale. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wait, this this is actually very mind-blowing, and I'm glad that you're saying this on the show. Yeah. Because it, I mean, I say therapy's too expensive. Let's do a podcast. But, like, in actuality, if you feel like you really, just how you were saying, you really needed help. Yeah, no, I, I feel like I I. I've gotten so far in my life that it's like, okay, let me go to therapy just to see where I'm at. I feel like even if you don't necessarily feel lost, I feel like everyone has like something that they need to like talk out. Absolutely. Even if it's like they can't tell like their closest friends about, you know what I mean? Like they they, they could go to a professional and they could get like a professional opinion about it. Yeah. And I think that's important. I think that like, I mean, I think no matter what it's, even if it's expensive or not, like it's just good to invest in yourself. I would say just try it out. You gonna buy the fucking Gucci belt? Yeah, bitch, that ain't, <laughs> gonna, that ain't gonna save you, bitch. Cause the Gucci belt ain't gonna save you. Get some motherfucking therapy. Right. God. Shoot, after that you might not even want a Gucci belt. Right. Exactly. Like I have a better life. I don't need this shit. But right. I asked for a male therapist after yeah. my. Because the first time I just wanted somebody young and they gave me this young girl. Right. So I was like, okay, I want a male. And they gave me this this guy and he just seemed very textbook. Right. And I told him one day, I was just like, I'm uncomfortable with you. And he was like, why? And I oh. told him, I'm, I'm because, again, shout out James. Yeah. Um, and that's who suggested me to go to therapy. But yeah. I told him, I was like, man, I feel uncomfortable with this therapist. He was like, talk to him about it. So I was like, okay. Yeah. So I ended up talking to him about it and we ended up having like the best sessions. And when, oh, that's good. when I ended therapy with him, I cried. I think that's good advice. Shout out Max. Actually, I think that's really good advice that you said that because there's been plenty of times actually that I've spoken to people um, who listen to the show or, or our friends and have said like, you know, therapy hasn't really fully helped me. Like it's kind of helped me, but not really. But it may be like they, all they needed to do was to express what their issue was with their own fucking therapist you know what i mean yeah. like because our therapists therapists are people too absolutely and so I know that. right and like we just think that they're going to be like this robotic to help you and you're going to be saved by any therapist but if you you have a discussion with them i think that's i think that's that's beautiful that's a good thing that's a good that's really good advice to give that's what made for me that's what made him human yeah. Because he was he was a brick wall in front of me. Just like, oh, how do you feel about that? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And when I told him that, we were having like full on conversations. Yeah. And I really, cr- I fucking boohooed after that. But So I took a break after that. And then I got back in when I turned 30. I was mm. like, I'm 30. Let me see where I'm at at 30 years old. And uh, they asked me what kind of therapist I wanted. And I said, I wanted a black man. Ooh. And they gave me one. And that was probably like the least open I was in therapy. Really? Yeah. Why do you say that? Well, initially it started that way just because 
it was another black man. Right. And at that point in my life, I'm like gay, gay. Right. So You're out. yeah. Yeah. So I need I needed to talk about it. I'm in a relationship that wasn't really working for me at the time. I needed to talk to somebody. And I'm like, I don't know if he wants to hear about my gay relationship. Right. And I ended up telling him one day how I felt because he would just sit there. Uh, as I'm talking to you, I see his face in my head just sitting there and just looking at me. And I told him and he was like, because I told him, I said, you just sitting here like, you know, you don't feel anything. He was like, how do you know I don't feel anything? And I was wow. like, okay. Oh, so he's in. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and then we just went for it and we had amazing conversations. I got out of a relationship in like a year after going to that therapy, right, like right. that therapist. So like it was very helpful. And then I, I haven't been a therapy since after him, but I'm ready to get back in. I love that. Thank you. That's such a, I think I've never actually had anyone on this show really like embrace like their therapy sessions before. So you were the very first one. You're like the very first one in so many ways. It gave me a rush, like smoking weed, drinking. Like right. when I first started going, because I went to therapy high one time and I remember the therapist was like, I appreciate you letting me know, but you can't come here high. Ooh. And uh, he's like, I want you sober and like in touch with your feelings right now. And being sober and in touch with your feelings and sharing that shit with a stranger is it's it, a rush. It's a rush. And yeah. then like, here's the thing. Cause I, my roommate Irva, she's, she's sober. She doesn't like drink or smoke or anything. Wow. And she always says, she's like, you know, like everyone else who does have their substance, their vice, you know, they can run to it. They can dump themselves. Yeah. But when you're sober, you have to fucking sit with your butt of fucking problems. You really have to fucking feel. And it's a whole different thing. So doing that in therapy, I'm sure is like so powerful. It it gave me so much. Like Yeah. I'm I'm on the cusp of not smoking weed in my life. Like I feel it coming. Right. That's why I'm like, maybe I need to go to therapy because <laughs> it's so it's so comfortable though for me. Right. It's so right. comfortable. Like I have to sneeze. <laughs> Bless <Excuse> you. <laughs> Allergies. <laughs> I always sneeze twice. Okay, no, I'm good. Continue. <laughs> Continue. But yeah, like weed is very comfortable for me and it doesn't give me the same feeling that it used to. Like I've recognized like it was somewhat of an escape for me. Right. Which I still enjoy. Like I enjoy it socially now and I enjoy it at night. So like yeah. I can't sleep because sometimes I stay up and I'm just like when I'm working on me things. Me too. What do you, what do creatives up. always tend to do that shit. Yes. I like will stay up just like my mind running and thinking of like, I'm like acting out interviews in my head. <laughs> I do that too. <laughs> um, I think about what I'm going to say. I'm like, yeah, because you have a I'm podcast a, too. So yeah. like we like th- we like are live in our head. Absolutely. We're like, oh, this would be dope to talk about this. And you get into like your whole dialogue. But it's tough because I'm still on school schedule as far as waking up. Oh, so it's yeah. like, I'll yeah. go to bed at two, but still wake up at like 7.30. Oh, shit. And it's like, no, nah, I can't Nah, bitch. If I don't have work <laughs> before next morning, I'm like waking up at noon. I'm like, ah. I can't do it. I have to I have to get up early. You know what? I need to see therapy because I can sleep a lot. And that's a, that's a sign of depression. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. Because I can fucking sleep. Or maybe I have some sort of like a health issue because I can sleep. I don't know what it is. It's like I don't sleep at late at night, but when like I can sleep a lot during the day. I gotta do, I need to fix my face. It's the whole thing. It's not about me. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> well, we're ending. We're kind of. I'm so drunk. Wow, we're getting to the. Oh my God. 
Speak, bitch. <laughs> speak. Any last words about being, you know, a black queer or just being yourself? It's not, I don't want to label you, but. Uh, um, I guess what I would say to anybody listening is, uh, you know, don't get caught up any la- in, in any labels and get to the core of who you are and start defining things for yourself. You know, we we have all these boxes in the world in general that right. we try to connect to. You know, I I went to HBCU because I wanted to connect to being black because I was made fun of in high school for being in the band and in math club and shit like that. So I went to HBCU and I was like, oh, I'm just a black person. Like, right. it's no like box. I'm just black. Came out, got into the gay community. They wanted to put me in a box. Yeah. You have to fit into something. Are you masculine? Are you feminine? Are you this? Are you that? Let me step out of it. Exactly. Let me step out of this and just figure out who Mike Brown is. So when I return to this, I can show people what it's like to just be you. Right. And hopefully they can find their way in that too. So, yeah. You're such a beautiful person. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate that. You really are. (laughs) You're like such a great energy and a great soul. I'm a medium now. So like I can tell you that. That's what's up. I mean, I have to get in touch with my third eye. Start bringing people on and just read them. I know. I'll be like, you are single. <laughs> and they're like, okay, bitch. <laughs> like, we do that. <laughs> I'm like, oh, whatever. Um, okay, so where can people find you? You do music too. Let's talk about that. I do. Tell um, people about that. So I started out producing music uh, when I was living in New Orleans. And um, I've always rapped. But I was always scared to put music out. Right. So like a couple of years ago, I put some of my own music out. And I did a lot, of, like a couple of shows, and it was fun. I've been taking a break from music because it was kind of stressing me out. Right. Just feeling like I wasn't sounding like Drake or like. <laughs> you don't need it. <laughs> you know, or, yeah. or, or like just the mainstream people. But now that's something else I had to redefine for myself. Like, right. Who am I as a musician in 2019? Because I was trying to live up to what I did in the past. Right. It's like, who am I today? So I'm having fun with it. Um, you can find all my music at primomiguel.com. Uh, Just Mike Beats for Beats. Um, that's on like Instagram and SoundCloud, stuff like that. Aww. And um, then your podcast, plug that in your Instagram yes. and all that stuff. Podcast, The Art of Letting Go is on apple and all those great sites youtube if you want to see my face (laughs) (laughs) and it's cute y'all you got a cute ass face (laughs) um art of letting go podcast on all social media networks um yeah it's a it's a really good podcast it's it's fun yet very serious and like it it's real it's real yeah, shit it's, it's real it's therapy yeah it's therapy podcast is, podcasting is therapy it is yeah and then follow me stephanie megan or go to brokotherapy.com all that shit is there bye peace bye broke girl therapy broke broke girl girl therapy Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. 
Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.